the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This week, Dave starts a new series on a spiritual checkup. This episode focusing on looking and seeing. The main reading is Hebrews chapter 12. Awesome chapter. Um, but again, uh, as we start the new year, we're going to really, again, look at ourselves. And the Bible is very clear to examine our hearts, examine where we are, examine. And we're going to look at the things that we, um, next few weeks, how we see, how we see. Um, not just what we see, but how we see it is very, very important. Um, because uh, we can see the same things, but come up with the same, with different conclusions. Which on some things, that's okay. Good to have different points of view, but other things is very clear, isn't it? There's no point of view. This is God, just God's point of view, and uh, we need uh, to look, examine our hearts. And the, and the Lord says, consider your ways. He says to those people, remember they've gone back and they started building the temple, but they'd had nearly 20 years of doing nothing and being distracted, thinking about their own places, thinking about their own properties. And the Lord comes back with a prophetic, "What are you doing?" He said, "Your house is looking good." What have you done to my house? It's still not there. Come on, he said. The Lord is with you. And he stirred them up and said, consider your ways. What have you been doing? And uh, the Lord loves us to do that. And and even in the natural world, as I said on Sunday, uh, if you watch the uh, the adverts, have uh, this diet, this is the best diet, have this food and it, and all these kind of things because it's the beginning of the year and everyone is, is looking to lose weight or uh, to turn over a new leaf or whatever or be fitter and healthier. And uh, the Lord wants us to check our hearts as well, uh, to really look at where we are. Um, the old, the, the, the first question, isn't it? Uh, where are you? Where are you? And how are you? Good questions. And uh, when we look at the, just the natural things, we can easily bring those into the spiritual. How is our weight? How is our heart? How is our sight? Our hearing? All those kind of things come spiritually. And uh, we're just going to just make sure we, we know where we are. Uh, first verse is Lamentations. It's like always a good one to find, Lamentations, isn't it? Lamentations 3. Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. Lamentations 3, verse 40. It says, let us examine our way. Let us examine. The wonderful thing when we are saved is that we have the ability to examine our hearts aright. Uh, now, when we're unsaved, we're, we, we have got no, no chance because we've got no Holy Spirit, no enlightening. Um, but, you know, sadly, when we're saved, we've got to be very careful because we can even, easily self-delude and be self-deceived. Can we? Uh, that's why he said in, in, to the church of Laodicea, no, 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 no. He said, you say you're rich, you say you're this. And he said, you're not. He said, you're poor, you're, you're blind, you're naked. He said, all the things you think you are, you are not. So we've got to be careful. But the wonderful thing is, when we, if we're honest before the Lord, we can examine our hearts. That's why uh, let's read 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord is unworthy manner, will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 
For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment on himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So that's why it's very important to break bread, of course, vital, because that is the time where we say, Lord, come on, I'm open before you. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we've lost some of the, the awe there because he says, look, if you do this in an unfaithful manner, you'll bring, you can bring stuff on yourself. Um, and I, I remember someone saying about uh, people, and they, they let it pass by until they'd gone and, and sorted it out because they'd underst they understood. So the Bible is very clear. Examine yourself. Really get a hold of yourself. Um, and there's one word for examine where it, it, it's metals come into it, where metals are examined. And how do you examine a metal? So, Tim, fire, heat, hitting, you know, giving it a good, good clout. Vigorous, isn't it? To test a metal is vigorous. And we know we must be very vigorous with ourselves as well as we look at when we look tonight about our sight. Mm -hmm. Jesus did say, Matthew 5, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and throw it away. Better to enter into heaven blind than to go to hell seeing. And of course, now we can say, well, is that metaphor? Of course it's metaphorical, but let me just tell you this. He's saying be very, very serious with sin. If it, if it needs to get that far sometimes because of sin. Sin, he knows what it does to us. It pollutes, it perverts, it twists us. And he says, be very serious. And of course, tonight we're looking at what we see. What we see, as we said before, is really the key to it all. What we see and how we see it. As we said before, obstacle or opportunity through our temporal eyes or through the eternal eyes of God. What he thinks and what other people think, that's our problem so often. Isn't it? What other people think is irrelevant. Now, what does God say on the matter? What does God say over us and in us and through us? Um, and it starts right at the beginning of time. Um, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3, 1 to 6. Now the snake, the snake was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the snake, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the snake said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. When Eve saw... Now that's a very interesting, because she had seen that tree many, 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 many times, didn't she? Because it was there, it was in the garden. Now... The difference is this, when she was walking in fellowship and in faith with the Lord, she saw the same tree, but it had no hold on her, no attraction, because the Lord had said, look, you don't need to do that. But when she began to rely upon her feelings and her flesh, what happened? She saw it in a different way. And, you know, that's exactly the same as us. When we allow our feelings and our flesh to take hold of us, we see things that we know are wrong in a different way. And in fact, then we are, 
in a sense, drawn to them. And we forget the fellowship we had with the Lord, which she just had the night before, didn't she? In the cool of the day. She forgot that. It's amazing how quickly we forget, how quickly we move from faith to flesh or faith to fear, and we need to stay in. And, uh, of course, we know what happened and uh, what did the Lord say? What on earth have you done? What have you done? But she saw with her feelings and her flesh. She listened to the enemy. And instead of saying, no, 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 this is what the Lord says. You will surely die. Not, not die, you will surely die. Um, and, of course, she listened uh, to the lie of the enemy, so often we do. And uh, there, it, it all went pear-shaped. She saw, she saw. Um, and that's where we are. We, we see the earthly. And thankfully, the Bible gives example upon example upon example of people who were like this to warn us. Thankfully, God doesn't just put poor people in there that have got no faults, does he? Because we'd read this and think, oh dear, I, I, what's happening with me? But thankfully, he puts people in there to warn us, to warn us. Let's have a look at that amazing story of uh, that one man, one man's sin brought the nation to, uh, to its knees. Uh, Joshua 7. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give him the praise. Tell me what you have done, do not hide it from me. Achan replied, It is true, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. When I saw the plunder, how beautiful the robes of Babylon, took two hundred shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing fifty shekels, I coveted them and took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. See, notice how he says, I saw them and I coveted them. Mm. See, there's, there's, the, there's the, see, we see, we all see, we all see the same thing, but how, how do we see them? He should have listened to the command. Look, nothing in that place is to be touched. Everything is to be given to the Lord. Everything is to be given all to the Lord or burnt to a cinder if it can't be kept. Uh, but he saw and he coveted. He allowed what? Feelings and flesh. I saw the natural, the temporal, and I'm thinking, Lord, help me. Day by day, when we see, our, uh, and uh, you know, you read the paper, you, you listen to the stories, and see people are gone into eternity in a moment of time, isn't it? Uh, some through accidents, some through just sitting down and they're, you know, just going. Uh, because we've got to remember that what's, what's all that's keeping us alive is, is a muscle the size of your fist pumping, depending on how fit you are, 70, 60, 50 times a minute, and that's all that's keeping us alive. Isn't that amazing? When we think about it, it's not a very nice thought, really. <laughs> but that's all that's keeping us. If that stops, home to glory, isn't it? So, Lord, help us to see with the eternal life. And, and he, he gave up all the riches of the promised land for the pittance because he saw and he coveted. Um, how about not just a lot? Um, well, of course, it was Lot's fault. Although, at the end of the day, we can't blame anyone else, can we? Um, let's read about Lot's wife, uh, Genesis 19, 23-26. By the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulphur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all of those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. 
it's interesting, one of the shortest verses in the New Testament, not the shortest, of course, but one of them, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Right in the middle of him talking about when the Lord comes back, or how short time is, how to keep our, our, our thoughts on the eternal, not the temporal. The Lord is coming back soon, he said, remember Lot's wife, who wanted to stay here. Wanted. Can you believe now, she was looking back, and the place was up in smoke. She could see that. But the Bible says she looked back. Now you say, on the face of it, well, that's a bit harsh. But of course, again, when you look at the word look, what does that word mean? It means to scan or to look back with pleasure and care and favour. She, what, what the word was saying, she was back there. Now she out, she was out, but her heart, as we read in the, about the Israelites, the heart was back there. And the Bible says the Lord turned her into salt. Um, of course, where did it start? It started with Lot, really, didn't it? Right at the beginning, when the Bible says, when he saw that lovely lush plain, he said, I'll go down there, Abraham. Where, as we said before, etiquette should have said, look, you the elder, you are my uncle, you choose. But Abraham was gracious and said, no, you choose. And he said, well, I'm taking the easy, easy route. And the Bible said he knew Sodom and Gomorrah was there, mind. And that's where it started. That was where the slippery slope started. When he looked with the eyes, when he looked in the natural and not the supernatural or the, uh, the, the eternal, and there's where, and of course, Lot's wife, the Bible says, and Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Hold lightly to this word. Look with eternal eyes. What does the Bible say? Look, the things that are seen are temporal. The things that are unseen are eternal. Therefore, fix your eyes upon that which is unseen, unseen. And looking back, and sadly, um, the devil likes us to look back, doesn't he? With rose-tinted spectacles. I, I'm amazed at the Israelites. What did they say? God, that's all we got is this manna, and then we'll just read in a minute uh, about they wanted meat. God, can you remember when we were back in Israel, we had cucumbers, and we had this, and we had fish. And I'm thinking, no, you didn't. That was a downright lie. They were, they were, because the Bible says that the hardship was so much that they, they, they didn't even cry out. The, the, the Lord heard the burden of their heart and said, "I'll release you." So it's amazing how we can look back and think, "Oh, it wasn't that bad." And some people look back to where they've come from and say, was, "Wasn't it wonderful in the world? Was it really?" But that's the lie of the enemy. Isn't it? He likes us to look back instead of saying, "No, no, no." I re- I, that's gone, I repented, dealt with it, I'm looking on, I'm looking up. Um, so we look back very carefully, and, and Jesus said, what did Jesus say? No man, having put his hand to the plough, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. That's a frightening verse. No one put his hand to the plough and looked back. Keep your eyes straight, keep your eyes on him, him. Um, and use the root of it, really, um, how we see is Acts 7, 39, I think it is now. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in a desert near Mount Sion. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, 
for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses they had rejected with the words, who made you ruler and judge. He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angels who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. He was, uh, he was in the assembly in the wilderness with the angels who spoke to him on Mount Sion and with, the, with our ancestors and he received living words to pass on to us. But our ancestors refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us a God who will be before us. As for this fellow Moses, who led us out of Egypt, he don't know, we don't know what have happened to him. That was the time they made an idol in the form of a calf. They brought sacrifice to it and revealed in what their own hands had made. And there's the key. In their hearts, <coughs> they had turned back to Egypt. That's why it's always good, again, to check where we are. That's why we need to come daily, weekly. Just, Lord, where, where's my heart? Who's got my heart? Where's the treasure of my heart? You know where your heart is? What are you investing your time and your money in? That'll tell you where your heart is very clearly, easily. Where you invest is, where your heart is. That's what the Bible says. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So uh, we can tell us, we can, and thankfully, we can examine ourselves. Where's my, how is my heart? Ooh, is it cold? Is it hard? Is it, you know, distant? And all those kind of things that the, the, the Bible challenges us on. But where is my heart, really? Who has the hold of my heart? The Lord wants it. The Lord wants it. Uh, yet they would not give it him. The Bible says they refused to obey. There was a, a will involved. And that's always our problem, isn't it? My will. My will refuses to go God's way. But there's where, and, that, and of course then they saw they saw wrong. When their hearts weren't in the right place, they saw wrongly. They saw um, back in e Egypt was their place. They're thinking, no, 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 no. You, you, you begged the Lord to come out. There's the promised land. There's the promised land in front of you, right before your eyes. Um, so looking through like, at the earthly things, but not by faith, not through fellowship with the Holy Spirit, by, by our fleshly feelings will distort us and take us from us. We have many others, and we Gehazi. Uh, rich young man, Demas, Demas, I'm in love, this present world has deserted me. Because why? Because he looked at this world and thought, this is it. And he thought, well, well, well. Thankfully, the psalmist, remember in Psalm 71, 72, he said, Lord, if I didn't come to the house of the Lord and see their end, I would have been most disappointed. I looked at them and thought, isn't it wonderful to be, I've kept myself clean and holy for you for nothing, Lord. They are, they are flourishing. They are, everything's going well with them, Lord. Then I came to the house of the Lord and saw their end. And I said, Lord, how stupid I've been. 
My bitterness has distorted my thinking, but now I come before and I can see clearly. I can see clearly. Um, and then our circumstances. How do we see our circumstances and our difficulties? Now, that can be a problem because uh, we can sometimes get overwhelmed by them uh, and those. Uh, but let's have a look at, uh, again, the word of the Lord. Numbers 11, Numbers 11, 21. But Moses responded to the Lord, There are 600,000 foot soldiers here with me, and yet you say, I will give them meat for a whole month? Even if we butchered all our flocks and herds, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? Then the Lord said to Moses, Has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. Now Moses, again, now we can look back and say, Oh, come on, Moses. But let me tell you, we would have been exactly the same. Uh, where am I going to get enough meat for all these lot? 600,000 men added up. Could be about 2 million people. I don't know. You sit down and work out how much meat that is. It's a lot of meat. And uh, the Lord said, I'll supply it. And uh, Moses, like us, looked at the circumstance, thought that is impossible. Well, of course it is. That's why, we, that's why God calls us to faith when things are impossible. Now, but he was honest. Thankfully, he's honest with the Lord. And we've got to be honest with the Lord sometimes. We've got to give you a moment and say, Lord, this is impossible. This situation, this circumstance is, is too great for me. Uh, and the Lord sometimes said, Look, watch me now. My arm too short, they can't save. Watch this now. And he said, change the wind around, and all those quail came in. And the Lord thought, right, they'll have, they'll have quail for the next month. They'll be coming out then. And it's it amazing. You, you, you have turkey, don't you, Christmas Day? Lovely. Turkey Boxing Day, not too bad. Not too bad, not too bad. Nice and cold with a bit of Branson pickle in there. Day after, day after, day after. I think, I've had enough of this turkey now. <laughs> have it for a month, and you think, I wish I hadn't asked for this turkey. And, uh, but you see, that what the Lord was trying to teach them gratitude, faithfulness, relying on God's proof. They looked at their circumstances and difficulties. What about this one, this great, um, we know this, this story, but it's, it's one that we should look at many times. Matthew 14. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Yes. Now, we can, make, we can point the finger at Peter, but let me tell you, that Peter was the only one that walked on water. The only one. And he walked a good way because they didn't know who Jesus was. He had to shout to them. So he walked a good way. But the Bible is very clear. When he takes his eyes off the Lord and he looks at the storm, which the storm was boisterous. You've just read it. It was all around. And we can be in a storm sometimes. And we can be, it can be boisterous. And the circumstances can be crushing us. We'll sink. If we take our eyes off the Lord, we will sink. But thankfully, even when he took his eyes off the Lord, he called on the Lord. Bless the Lord. Lord, save me. And the Lord's mercy grabbed hold of him, picked him up and said, Oh, Peter, you've got a lot to learn, my boy. You have little faith. But he walked on water. But why? But he looked at his circumstances through his natural eyes and not through the Lord. Now, when his eyes are on the Lord, 
the circumstances were still the same, weren't they? They hadn't changed. It was still boisterous, the, the storm and the wind, but because his eyes were on the Lord, he was still walking. But as soon as he took his eyes off the Lord, easily done, easily distracted. The devil loves to distract us with this and that and other. Keep our eyes on the Lord. That's why we just read Hebrews 12, because we've said it many times, the Hebrew church there wanted to give up, give up and go back to Judaism. And what did he say? Fix your eyes on the Lord, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning the shame, sat down the right hand. He said, look, you have not shed blood yet. He goes from encouraging to really giving him stick, didn't he? He said, come on, stand up, be like men, and, uh, you know, Stand for the Lord. You've not resisted the blood yet. That's a frightening thought, mind, isn't it? Um, and some would have in, in the future there. But he said, keep your eyes on the Lord. He said, get your eyes on him. Our circumstances, our situation, if we get eyes on, on those, we will sink underneath them. And that's why we come to the throne of grace. Again, that word, that word frapping, when the, the boat is just about to break apart, we find help and strength at the throne of grace. That word, that it means to hold the boat together where they, where they pass the, the ropes. Remember, they pass the ropes underneath it to keep the hull together. You're just about to break apart, but you come before the throne of grace and find strength and help in time of need. Um, that's why we come to him. That's why we keep our eyes on him. So we're not looking at, our, at the earthly or the circumstances with our natural fleshly feelings uh, and with our natural eyes. We're looking now by Faith. Hebrews 11, verse 6 to 7. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared the ark unto the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became their righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, that all that faith, you read that chapter, and, and the Bible says, by faith they saw. Now Noah, the Bible says, by faith he saw things that were not yet coming. Noah, there's going to be a flood. Whoa, 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 how on earth is that going to happen? Never had rain, never had any earthquakes, never had any volcanic activity as they know. He said, let me tell you, we're going to, I'm going to flood the earth. Get that ark going, get and build it. And the Bible says, in his building he was preaching. In his building, he was showing to the, the, to the nations God's judgment was coming, but there was a way of salvation. Anyone could have gone into the ark. And that's why the Lord said, the Lord shut the door of the ark, of course. Because if it had been me or you, we'd have tried to open it back up when they were screaming and shouting and all that kind of thing. But the opportunity was there for many years, and the opportunity when the Lord said, that's enough, the opportunity was gone. Um, so by faith we are seeing now we're not seeing by our natural eyes we're seeing by faith and in fellowship with the Lord and we see things totally different don't we we see people totally different um, I was just reading um, about uh, William Booth and uh, he was saying um, when he went to the London to minister and no one was helping the, the drunkards the morphine addicts the prostitutes the poor and uh, he began to have a heart for these people. And he said he used the three S's. Soap, soup, and salvation. <laughs> soap, soup, and salvation. And uh, let me tell you, the Lord used him mightily. He used him mightily. One man said to him, uh, William, uh, General Booth, how did, why did God use you so much? He said, I don't know, he said. He said, there were many, many men more intelligent than me, many more men gifted than me, many more with better ideas than me. He said, but one thing I do know, the Lord had all of me. Ah, I thought, there's the answer. The Lord had 
all of me. And you know, when he got to his 80s, uh, he, he went blind. And his son came to him and said, Dad, the doctor said, you're never going to get sight back again. And he said, well, the Lord knows what he's doing, he said. He said, I, I serve the Lord with all my heart and I serve the people with, with eyes. He said, now I'll serve the Lord with all my heart and I'll serve the people with all my life with no sight, he said. I thought, that's, that's the heart. The, he, because he was seeing the greater picture. He was seeing him who is eternal. He was looking for the Lord, looking to the Lord to be used by him. By faith, by faith. Faith is not, faith is not um, the dismissing of the very facts in front of us. No, never, never. A Christian science says, if you, not science as in proper science, but the, the cult Christian science says, if you're ill, say you're not. That's what that, that's the Mary Eddie Baker. So they they, de- they never go to the doctor. They deny you know deny it. Well, you can deny it all you like, but if you're ill, you're ill, and you've got to get sorted out. Now the Lord can touch you, the Lord can heal you. We have no doubt about that. But denying it doesn't alter the fact of it. And thankfully, we have the verse in Scripture, uh, Romans um, Romans four. 17, Abraham. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him who is believed, God who gives life to the dead and call those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through the unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Seeing the fact that his body was as good as dead, (laughs) so was Sarah's womb, dead, he didn't deny the facts. Because you couldn't, could you? He didn't deny it, but he said by faith, he didn't waver because the Lord had promised, so he applied the promise to the situation and saw it by faith. Now, he, see, that it sees the very facts of the situation, but it says, Lord, you can change this. You can, at any time, you can change it and move in, and, and intervene. That's faith. We don't deny what is or what isn't, but thankfully the Lord can call that which is not as though it is. Not the other way around. That which isn't to what is. And uh, so the Lord, by faith, we now we're looking. We're seeing, but we're looking by faith. We are bringing God's word bringing God's uh, thinking, God's promises into the situation, what God says. Uh, Moses, Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not feeling the king's anger. He persevered because he saw 
him who is invisible. All seeing, seeing. He saw him who was invisible. He was looking ahead by faith. By faith, because there he was in the courts of Egypt, ready, maybe didn't be the next pharaoh, certainly in high place, high office. There it was all before him, the wealth of the world. Yet he said, this is not what I was called to, or called for. And he said he gave it all away to him who was invisible. Now, that's faith. That's seeing differently. That's how God wants us to see. We see somebody and think, well, 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 what an absolute mess. But by faith we see, Lord, if you can save them, you can actually change, turn their life around. You can turn and change them. Um, now, our naturalized would say they never get saved. They never change. They never. But our spiritual, by faith, God, you long to save. You want to save. You want to deliver. You want to heal. You want to do all these things. Then by faith, we say, yes, you can. We're not going to deny where they are. Oh, no, no, no. They are far from you. They are, they, they are, they are gravely ill. We don't deny that. But we say, Lord, by faith. Now, I see it. But I see it through your perspective. That's why he said, keep your eyes on me. Because when we see Jesus, we see situations, people, through Jesus. And that changes, changes everything. Um, so, Old Testament, New Testament, it tells us so often, we'll just read these lovely Psalms to finish, uh, to keep our eyes on him. Um, we are prone, that old hymn, prone to wander, prone to stray. And it starts with our eyes, isn't it? It starts with how we see things. How we see, sometimes even see ourselves. Isn't it amazing? How we, how we let the enemy whisper into our ears this and that as we heard Wayne on Sunday. Uh, he whispers to us. And uh, you can say back to him, you are absolutely right. But, but, but the blood of Christ cleanses me from all unrighteousness. And now I am a child of God. I am a sinner. But I'm saved by grace. <laughs> see, we don't, sometimes we, we, we say, oh, I'm not a sinner. Wait a minute, now get, see, if we don't get that balance, is, is, it, is, it, is it balance? I, I, I was a sinner, and I do sin today. But now I'm saved by grace, and I'm a saint. See, we keep that tension. What did Paul say? I am the chiefest of sinners. And he was the one who wrote most of the New Testament. See, but he knew he was before. And without the Lord, but with the Lord, he was seated at the right hand of the Father. Bless the Lord. Seated at the right hand of the heavenly places. Um, Psalm uh, 121. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. See, the psalmist is looking up, isn't he? Get your eyes up. He's looking at the biggest thing you can see, that big mountain. And he's saying, Lord, if you could make that, you were great, you were strong, you are mighty, and you're much. And then he said, he'd make of heaven and earth. So he's lifting his eyes up from the situation, from, the, from himself, from all the things. He's looking up. He's getting his eyes up. Psalm 123. Unto you I lift my eyes, O Lord, who dwells in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of the maid to the hand of, the, of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. That's an interesting little metaphors he puts in there. The, the handmaiden and... What's the other one? Handmaiden and the... I just turned it off. Um, master. Master's, uh, master's uh, master's master's servant. servant. And you see, there was, there was no... Your eyes were beyond them, wouldn't they? 
because that was that was your job that was your to, to keep it nothing just no distractions there you know we, we haven't got it we don't know much about servants and slaves and that kind of thing do we uh, but they understood what they would have understood they, their, their vision their focus would have been on the master on the hand on the on the mistress just to hear what they wanted to do what they would say he said lord i must that's like me my eyes are on you i will not be david i will lift my eyes to the hills I lift my eyes to you. And what's the last one? Psalm 34, yeah. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from my, all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Amen. I love that. They looked to him and they shone. They were radiant. Bless the Lord. You know, the more time we look at the Lord and spend time with him in fellowship, the more we radiate and shine. That picture of Moses coming down from the mountain, the Bible says, how much more our covenant is far greater. Because now he, Moses has just gone and is reflecting. What's the Lord? The Lord's in us. So he's, the words emanate, isn't it? He's coming out because he's in. How much more? Look to the Lord and be radiant. Bless the Lord. He can be going radiant tonight, can't he? Amen. But I'll, I'll, how we see what we see, but how we see it. Very, very important. And we'll pursue that. We'll look at um, uh, my, one of my favorite stories, Elisha on Sunday morning. Open his eyes, Lord. Open his eyes. Open our eyes. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancenter.org. Thank you.